For me to turn inward was definitely a natural progression. It was my, like, my life was really good, successful at CrossFit, bodybuilding, you know, all of these achievements. But then there was that, just that feeling of like, well, do I have to prove myself again? And even through the military, every course I did, I went to top it and I topped them. And it was like, who am I proving myself to over and over and over and over and over again? And I was like, wait a minute, it's me. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson, and each week I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. All right, so today's guest is a high-performance mindset coach and international speaker with a passion for helping others reach higher levels of success and fulfillment. He's a Guinness World Records holder for achieving the most muscle-ups in 24 hours, a national bodybuilding champion, ex-special forces, and has trained Olympic athletes, celebrities, professional sports teams, CEOs, as well as thousands of other people all across the globe. After achieving all this success in many different areas in his life, he realized that chasing success was just like chasing a high and had no true fulfillment. After he took a look inward and asked himself two questions, who am I? And what's the meaning of life? From these questions, he reconstructed his whole life and his business to align with his values of helping other people improve their mindset, their emotions, their money, and help guide them towards their own greatness. So please help me welcome the guy who went from being expelled from school at 16 years old to now being the founder of Amplify Your Growth and one of the most sought after peak performance coaches in Australia, my man, Mr. John Templeton. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Man, I just want to make one thing clear with the intro. Where it says Special Forces, I was a Special Forces trainer. So I worked at the Special Forces camp, but I wasn't a badged member of the Special Forces. Okay, okay, amazing. So, yeah. Just, <laughs> Good to know. Clear that one just up. Just to clear that one up. <laughs> but you were in the military or something. Yeah, I was in the army for seven years. And for the, the end of my career, I was, I was a physical training instructor and I was posted to be the trainer um, at the Special Forces camp. And since then, even even now, I'm currently coaching special forces soldiers with their mindset. So that's freaking amazing. Pretty involved still, yeah. I love it. I love to ch- chat to you about. <clears throat> so somewhere along the journey of achieving a freaking Guinness World Record, like that's I can't even do one muscle up. How many did you do in 24 hours? 1,025. I'll show you the certificate. That is absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, that's ruthless. So. Achieving huge things like that, you know, and even just like, I love that we can actually sit down first thing me because, you know, since Joel introduced this, it's just been, I've loved watching everything you do. And you're definitely someone like the word life coach and peak performance coach, I think gets thrown around so much lately. And as soon as I see like you and what you do, like it just oozes out of you, like your passion for actually helping. And it's just so freaking clear. So I love that. But what, after achieving all these things, right, you hit some kind of, like a roadblock or an awareness, right? Where you're like, you know, fuck, what's next? Or is this it? Or, you know, when you, you weren't, when you had this epiphany or what kind of caused that? And how did you kind of realize all that? Because I think that's so like, I'm at a point in my life where I'm sort of hitting that thing at the start of this year. I'm like, why am I doing these things? Like, what's that, you know, that next thing. And we, we fall into that trap one to hit that next thing. So what caused it all for you? And how did you come about it? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I'll say is definitely, the word life coach, life coach gets thrown around mm-hmm. and um, I don't know how, apart from to get results, uh, how you separate yourself from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just want to thank you for acknowledging that. Um, 
for me to turn inward was definitely a natural progression. It was my, like, my life was really good, successful at CrossFit, bodybuilding, you know, all of these achievements. But then there was that, just that feeling of like, well, do I have to prove myself again? And even through the military, every course I did, I went to top it and I topped them. And it was like, who am I proving myself to over and over and over and over and over again? And I was like, wait a minute, it's me. I'm like, well, I'm trying to do it for other people, but why do I still feel like crap? And so that's when naturally, after the Guinness World Record, that's when naturally I went, something isn't, like there's got to be more to life than just achieving cool things. Um, I mean, it depends how deep you want me to go. My, I went, that's when my real spiritual journey kicked off. How old were you? <clears throat> that was 2017. So how many years ago is that? Like, so 13. Oh, 17. So three. <laughs> yeah. So three. So I would have been like 31. Yeah. 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 About 31. Um, like, so, so this is the whole story. And for anyone listening, I'll try to keep it brief, but in 2015, 2000, or 2006, 2016, I was in hospital. Um, and I'd lost about 10 kilos in the space of a few weeks. I was ghost white. Um, I had warts growing all over my body and it was, it was due to stress. I was in a very toxic relationship. The girl had, <clears throat> she had two kids from a past relationship. She was going through a divorce, chronic um, anxiety, depression, medicated suicide attempts. It was really bad. And um, I tried to start two new businesses. Both had failed. I'd, I'd lost um, about $150,000, which I had made by, you know, doing well in business. It's all I had. And I lost that. And then I had to sell my house just to keep living. So you can imagine the amount of stress I was under. And so I got, I actually got, I was traveling around the world at the time. Um, and I got admitted to hospital in London. <clears throat> it was my first day in London. I was went to my friend's house and my, my stomach just went into knots and I'd been not well from Peru. That's when I, I was in Peru and Argentina. I was kind of sick, but when I got to London, it hit me. Um, I got rushed to, rushed to hospital. They injected morphine into me. I was, I was screaming in pain. Like it was the most pain I've ever been in. And <clears throat> the morphine helped. They gave me antibiotics. They sent me on my way. I kept traveling. I down through Italy, India, Nepal, uh, and back to Australia. And when I got back to Australia, I couldn't even like put words together. I was just, my body was just so like shutting down. And so I went to hospital. I was in and out of hospital for four weeks, had over 50 stool samples, blood tests, cameras up my ass, down my throat, x-rays on my stomach, everything. And they were just like, we don't know what's wrong with you. We don't know what's wrong with you. So they gave me antibiotics, antibiotics and sent me home. And then, um, I saw a naturopath and on my first session of seeing a naturopath, she was like, are you stressed? And that's when I just broke down and I broke. That's mm. just was my lowest of lows. I was like, yeah, my life's fucked. I had gone from owning two gyms and everyone knew me. I was like, you know, the head coach in the gyms and being competitive athlete internationally, amazing health, amazing physique to like this mess. And I had money, I had a house and all of it was gone. Right. So I hit ground zero and I went, long story short, I went to build myself back up again. I broke up with that relationship. Yep. And within a, a month, all my weight was back on. The warts had turned into scars. Uh, I was healing. Like After I, you I, broke up? Oh, you were I, healing from it. No, no, no. Yeah, I broke up with her. And then within four weeks, <clears throat> like, it's like I'd been carrying the, the weight of the world yeah. for so long, right? 
And so ended the toxic relationship and I started to get healthy really quickly. And that's the first time I realized that stress can kill you because I was almost mm. dead. I was, a, I literally could not string sentences, couldn't hold down water and was just becoming delusional. It was, it was a mess. Um, and when I broke up with her, I was like, fuck, I want to get back on top again. Like the old me crushing it. And that's when I set out to do the Guinness World Record. Yeah. Yeah. Epic. So, so how did, how did you feel when, so you lost the money and all that? Do you have any kind of attachment to it? Cause so often we achieve things and we hold them as like our badge of honor and then we can lose it. And it's like this soul crushing. And do you have any of that along the way or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I was starting to dive into my spirituality then and reading books and hence traveling to India and Nepal. Um, and so I probably didn't have a really strong identity like a lot of people would. Um, I was still very positive, but inside I was dying when all the money in that went like deep down, I knew I could like, it was just money and I could go and do it all. But you'd, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that losing that didn't, wasn't yeah. a huge part of me um, feeling unworthy feeling that was the biggest thing I lost myself I felt unworthy all my confidence was gone um, so yeah there was definitely some attachment it's a crazy thing like do you think there's something that you can do is like do you, do you think people only learn by hitting that kind of point and being like what, what am I doing all this for or do you think there's something people can do along the way to have it more balanced where they're achieving with fulfillment the thing i always say learning the hard way is the easy way yeah because i feel like running into roadblocks getting smashed i feel like that's how you learn a lesson to to kind of you can learn information and ideas from other people but until you experience it and your neurology your nervous system goes through it it just it won't have the same power it just won't so i'm i'm all about like, I don't think we should cotton wool ourselves or our mm -hmm. children. I think we should just fucking let rip. And there are going to be casualties. Um, but you learn from that. You know, I don't know if that answered the question, but no, I, I love it. Yeah. I really um, do think that the pain is the best teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I love that. So you went into Nepal and tell us about this. So like when the whole spiritual, because I'm, I'm so fascinated about this at the moment because like, everything I've kind of done, I, I guess it's easy to like in an achiever mindset, want to achieve things like, you know, what's the next goal I can hit or, or what's the recognition? Cause recognition is always a great thing. Right. And so that kind of started this year, I kind of hit a similar thing. Like I was doing, I, I toured Australia twice before Corona shut us down at the start of March. And so in all this crap moved into this gorgeous house here on the Gold Coast, just got back here and it's this big kind of transition. And I got asked to do one more tour and I was just like, yup you know, cause I'm like wanting to do that. And then Corona actually canceled on us. And I was like, thank fuck. Like, I just don't want to do that. And that's when it really started shifting me. I'm like, well, what do I want to do for me? And, and it's been a different big change. I've been having more fun in my life again. So I'm like, what do I want to do? Like right now? Like what, what's my life by design look like? And it's, it, you know, sometimes we fall into that. Like you need to find that balance right, <coughs> of like in, in your values like, but if, if fun isn't, I think fun should be in everyone's top values, but you know, fun's definitely top of mind. But I realized that I wasn't feeling that. I was always just like, work, 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 work. I'll have fun one day. I'll have fun when. And then, then I also bounced between, well, what if you die next week? Yeah. What's this last week going to look like? So 
I'd love to hear about what, what was all your discoveries and everything. So this whole turning point where you started to look inside, yeah. I'm assuming it's more of like an alignment kind of thing, right? So I'll say two, oh, I'll probably say 10 things. But say whatever you want. <laughs> first thing I would say is if you, whatever symptoms you're feeling or you've felt, I would, I would look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Have you, have you been I've never that? heard of that. Let's okay, so it. it's, it's, it's psychology. And ultimately, we have hierarchies of needs or hierarchy of values. And there's another system which is relatively similar if you layer them on top of each other, which is called levels of consciousness or values levels. Um, you know, and I, can, and I can give you the books or the YouTube or whatever you want. But ultimately, the very first level of human needs is for survival. It's for, which is, you know, food, water, shelter, and also reproduction. That's how the species survives. So at the very lowest level, um, like some people in this world still don't have that need met. That their whole life involves survival. So their values, um, their values are going to be literally food, water, you know, shelter and, and mating, I guess. And then the next tier is for security. So it's like, okay, well, we're going to survive as a species. Cool. What happens next? And this is, you can also look at this as a human and I'll run you through that too. Like what comes next? It's like, well, we need safety and security. And so for a lot of the time that's financial, mm-hmm. um, especially in the modern world, it's financial for other, other parts, maybe more Eastern or people in a bit more poverty. It would be, like physical safety of having a tribe and, and people to actually protect, protect you. Um, and then the next, the next needs, we move up through the need of um, like relationships and having connection. It starts to become a need. We move up to significance, like you said, being recognized, feeling important. And then we move up to um, self-actualization, which is where spiritually things begin to happen right so your your needs of survival are met your needs of security are met so you literally do not have to spend any of your resources time money energy on these low level things so that means you've got this instead of your awareness being drawn down to to the low levels your awareness is now ultimately like what else is possible future-based and you hear a lot of people say you know you've got an abundant mindset or you've got a lack mentality or a fear what a fear mentality or a lack mentality is, is when you're ultimately these needs aren't being met. And so all your whole life involves is trying to survive, trying to, trying to be secure to, to be wanted, to be needed. Whereas once you get those needs met and by getting these needs met, it's not necessarily physically. It's like mentally, it's like, no, I feel good about that. Those areas of my life, all of a sudden, then you, then you can, sort of it's easier to cultivate this abundant mindset because you're no longer wasting time and energy trying to survive. Wow. Where, where did you say people can go to learn about that? Look, just Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, that would be one thing I would do, but then there's also the values level systems, which is spiral dynamics is, is by Ken Wilber. Um, I believe, but just, just Google search Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, um, either spiral dynamics or values levels, but you look at it, look at a child, a newborn child is at, is at level one. It's, it's, it's so dependent for survival, kick and scream. It's like food, you know what I mean? And then you can follow the patterns. The next is, is for the security and safety. And then as 
as a as a teenager it's it's about being maybe being important being cool whatever it is at school you you, you do to survive at school is to be cool um and a lot of people get stuck in the next level which is ultimately based around the Western world is it's known as values level four is based around systems and structure. We're entrepreneurs. We're values level five. Okay. So values levels is slightly different to Maslow's hierarchy, but it follows a very similar pattern. Um, a lot of the Western world is at predominantly values level four, which is where each level is built for a certain type of survival. I don't know if this is going too deep for no, everyone. Codes. That's what I said. This <laughs> but, is your show, man. This but, is so interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there are really eight levels, eight levels. One is that very, survival base yeah. two is a bit more tribe mentality three is when someone steps up and steps away from the tribe this is a teenager and goes yeah. gang gang mentality like i know it all yeah. i'm in charge i'm the boss next is you realize that if everybody was gangs that that doesn't work so you need law and order so values level four is when we put rules systems and structure in place so if you've got like a teenager that's wild it's like you put systems and structures in place to control it and then there are people like us that go well systems and structure are limiting me i want to become an entrepreneur so that's yeah. the next level and you start operating as an entrepreneur the next level after that is like it's known as sort of like save the whales where it's 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 all peace we're all one but yet that group of people is the most judgmental so it's like you know th this is kind of where the vegans live and they will judge you when really they're, they're meant to be conscious and all about love and each to their own, but they'll be the first to judge. And the next level after that is, this is when we start to get to really powerful levels of um, integration, yeah. which is when you start to understand that we, we need polarity. You were saying before, like you want to work, 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 but fun, fun, fun. Mm -hmm. We need both. Yeah. We need a balance of both. And when you get to a level where you go, well, that's not wrong or right. It just is. That's when you actually become powerful. You don't get triggered emotionally. Your, your low level needs um, are met obviously because you're, you're just in this place of, it's almost like internal peace because yeah. you just understand the world and you understand people's patterns, their behaviors, uh, and it frees up your time and energy to create. Is there some things you do like daily? Like how, how does somebody become into that? Because I'm like, I used to be a tradie and right, I used to be a carpenter. So my level of like consciousness was just hate. And you know, you didn't see things just tunnel vision, right? And um, I'm sure you were at one stage when you maybe expelled at 16, which you got to share that story. <laughs> um, but you know, it's how, is there some things that you do? Or how, how can someone tap into more of that kind of that inner peace and, yeah, <clears throat> I clearly re remember doing my values about 13 years ago. And number one was winning. It was like winning, yeah, competition, wow. drive, drive, drive. And my mentors, my role models were like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, he was probably the biggest one during that time. And then I remember a distinct shift of going, like, this isn't fulfilling. Like when I won the bodybuilding uh, New Zealand Nationals, I was like, just kidding this fuck, when does this end? Yeah. And that's when I started reading the Dalai Lama's books and was like, well, this guy seems fucking fulfilled all the time. So I read that <laughs> and, and my values distinctly shifted to inner peace. And it's written down. I can show you in my room. I still have when I wrote my values down from, from 13 years ago. And then I just started to do that. And, and I, I thought that I had to be one or the other. But the truth is you can be both. You can be a driven badass that wins everything but also have inner peace flowing through you. It's not one or the other. That's an old 
paradigm that's that's a low level of consciousness like yeah. you said you you can have both and you you it would be wise to have both man that's that's really freaking cool i know you talk a lot about having the right energy mm-hmm. and you know you coach a lot of people about you know because so often when you are in that tunnel like because this it's it's this is the thing that like I think we all go for it actually, but like I'm more of aware of it lately. It's like, you can get so fixated on one thing, but you can be coming from a space of like, like tense energy or masculine energy. What, when you talk to someone, when you're coaching about having the right energy to have more success, what do you mean by all that? Yeah. I definitely have to meet people where they're at. So if someone is like that tense energy won me records you know what i mean because it it drove me from a place of like i lack it was like i'm not good enough i need to be more and i was really successful at sports uh it's just not sustainable or a fulfilling way to live Mm. and i get is there a specific question that i can answer into that well you know because everyone is kind of different so i guess so let's say you know people people are maybe listening to this or, you know, we've all got goals and we've got dreams or whatever we want to do. But so often in our every, like in this present moment, our energy is not matching that gotcha. or, or, and sometimes we can fall into that. Um, it's or, force when you're forcing it yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> the, I mean, we're heading into the law of attraction territory as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm all about, when we realize, and if you're listening or watching, like when we realize that this world that we're in, the 3D world is physical, but it's, you know, three-dimensional, uh, it's actually made of energy, which is not three-dimensional. It's, let's call it five-dimensional. And so the fifth dimension is ultimately the, the quantum, which is, nobody understands quantum physics, including myself, but I have, a, I have a, an idea. Yeah. Um, I've learned enough that I can, I can, like you said, cultivate the energy, be a certain way in order to literally create the reality I want. And so, yeah, when you're in a, when you're in an, I call it above or below the line. If you're below the line, you're being driven from desire, uh, from fear, from anger, from even sadness, all of these emotions, they're, they're, they're a low vibration and they ground you in the, the 3d world in the here and now. Um, so desires are desire is so desires, wow. desire is, is, it is lower than anger. Really? Yeah. Because if you desire, so apathy or death is the bottom, right? You're dead. Yeah. Apathy is, is down there. Shame and guilt, mm-hmm. very low. Um, these are all pretty passive. You're not going to do anything with your life. If you're feeling these emotions, desire is that moment you go, I want to do something with my life. So it's, it's still low, but powerful anger and frustration is when you want something, but you can't have it. So anger is slightly higher than desire. But I mean, anger and frustration is, I would rather someone was angry than um, like shamed about themselves or embarrassed because at least they, they, they want something that they can't get. Right. So, it does get higher um, and courage is where the whole game begins to flip. So what's the difference between courage and desire? Cause I think that's, that's where so many people would sit then, right? Cause they read think and go rich. It's all about having desire, you know, which definitely gets you going. Um, but that's so interesting to, to think about because I think so many people would sit in there. It's like, I want this. It's like, this is what I'm wanting. Yeah, I've got that burning desire because I'm so pissed off because it's not here yet. Like how, how do you switch to that to courage? Yeah. 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 So, 
courage is ultimately when you begin to let go of control yourself and you you trust because you need to have courage to be vulnerable to trust right mm. when we start to have faith and trust that's really when the game changes when we let go of control ourselves um but yeah so desire you want it and then and then maybe you're frustrated that you don't have it one that's not a pleasant way to live like yeah, it's not yeah, pleasant yeah, yeah. and when it's you almost like beating yourself up and that's that's this that that whole should be doing more and in, in holding like there's a difference like holding yourself to high standards than just being an asshole to yourself. There is okay, so there's intent, which is yeah. what you intend to do, and then there's attachment, which is being attached to whether you do it or not. If you can hold high intent, high intent, but have low attachment, you're you're pretty good. Yeah. So that's like I've set my my I, I even posted this morning on social media, I set my standards at world class. I want to be the best in the world, right? The best coach in the world but I'm not attached to it because what happens then is if, so, if I see someone better, all of a sudden the ego kicks in and there's comparison. There's all of these horrible things. And this is where anger and frustration will come in. And let's go on. A, I don't want to go on a tangent, but when we're angry, when we're frustrated, when we feel like oh, we're comparing and we don't feel like we're doing good enough, we're stressed. And when we're stressed, we have stress hormones in our body, which literally drop our iq like our intelligence drops our our folk like awareness is everything mm. right and our focus goes from open to closed so we start to really zoom in on the problem uh because there's a problem that needs fixing right it's like i'm angry yeah. because of this and then we're focused on that problem and you know if you're listening if you're watching you can stay angry or frustrated for days yeah. over one little fucking thing yeah. which if you just you know let go and trust that it will be okay you'd be fine but what also happens is time collapses whenever, and this is going back to quantum as well. People that say I don't have enough time are usually stressed mm -hmm. because when you're stressed, there's never enough time because you're like, oh, how do I fix this? This is a problem. And there's never enough time. And so time literally gets shorter. So you actually do have less time. Whereas if someone didn't get pulled into the comparison trap, the expectation trap, the not feeling good enough, the anger, the frustration, and they lived um, more openly, more abundantly. Faith is the power of virtue. If you have faith, you're good to go, right? Just full trusting that. It's that you'll hit your goals. Yeah, full faith that you'll hit your goals. Um, that is being in alignment with your goal. That's when the yeah. law of attraction works. Because there's no, yeah. there's no fear. There's no doubt. It's just like, I, I have faith. Is that the switch from like, like, do you ever find people like hard to let go of the attachment? Like... Do you, do you, when you're coaching with people, like how do you help somebody actually have complete faith that's going to happen? Because that, if if that's what you're saying, like that's how you're leveling up, right? Through consciousness, raising your vibration, releasing that attachment. Yeah. How how does someone? Do yeah. Well, this is coaching, right? This is coaching. Yeah, so it's so a one-on-one -on -one thing. <clears throat> well, not like I'll happily talk into it, but ultimately we'll have we'll have beliefs. We'll have beliefs yeah. about our beliefs if it's actually going to happen or yeah 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 if, if if you don't believe you can do it if you don't believe you're good enough um that's gonna that's a negative vibration right you can just feel it already like i feel shit i'm not good enough i'll never be able to do it not like biologically that will drain your energy you'll just be unmotivated you won't take action you won't really get results and then you'll say to yourself fuck oh, i knew it oh shit mm -hmm. you know justify it yeah and so really we we need to shift people's beliefs this, 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 and i'll talk about this till the cows come home until our 
write this down. We get in life equal to who we believe we are. Okay. So until we believe we are that person, not, not like I will be, no, I am Mm. until we actually hold that to be true internally. So that's our self image until our neurology says that, um, all of those goals and dreams will evade us. And so the name of the game is to ultimately believe it now. And the way you do that is through, is through visualization through you know meditation through looking at yourself in the mirror falling in love with yourself again and for me it it is a process that takes time to strengthen beliefs yeah um and there'll be days sure when i feel like shit it's like building a muscle right i think so like people, people would never go to the gym take one pt session and then just think that they're massive it's like you know then people go to a seminar or they listen to one podcast or read one book and they're like, oh, this is my new belief. And they do it one time. And they, they don't, it's not that continual reinforcement and, and building it. For sure. But even when I was bodybuilding, um, even in the early days, I had the magazines of like the greatest. And I was yeah. like, that is me. I'm going to be on these pages of this magazine. You know what I mean? My, my nervous system was primed. My brain, I was starting to wire the connections of like, you know, I could see and feel myself doing that. Did I get to that level? No, but I got really fucking high and really, I did really fucking well. <laughs> Better than where you were. It's like, what's that saying? It's like, I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm so much further. I'm so glad that I'm not where I used to be. I've not heard of it. That is perfect. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, I drive around now. Like I literally drive my car. I don't have a girlfriend, right? And that makes things. You hear that ladies? Go follow this guy. <laughs> social media. <laughs> um, that, but that I have more, I do have more time. And so when I drive, I have a lot of time by myself and I will literally, I'm manifesting as I drive. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, who am I? And, and what is the meaning of life? Right. These are my questions, but who am I? How do I see myself? Okay. I see myself on stages. I see myself crushing it. I see myself being a loving human. I see myself empowering people. Um, and yet fears and doubts will come up. Right. And then I'm like, where does that come from? And I will just spend so much time looking into all my limit, everything, just making myself squeaky clean. So my doubts are gone. My fears are gone. All of that stuff is gone. It's not automatic. It's taken me fucking years. Yeah. And I work at a intense pace. So it's not just years of dabbling. It is years of really looking at myself. Even, even, you know, I've got Joel Brown living with me at the moment. He even, he even said, he's like, you're not normal, dude. You know, you <laughs> are not normal. The amount yeah. of effort and time and energy you put into that. Um, and that's purely because it's like an obsession though, hundred percent. And I think you've got to be to really achieve like that. I think that's the separation of achieving just like mediocrity or massive fucking success or fulfillment. You have to be obsessed with what you're doing. Yeah. I think so many, and, and that's what I see from you. You're so laser focused on your one mission and you're not, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. You're not doing like 20 things all at once, which so many people do because they fall into the trap of, um, needing multiple income streams and it's like chasing 20 rabbits. Right. So, I think it's great. I think I like the work ethic. I admire it. And I think the moment you give yourself permission to not be liked is huge. Yeah. Cause when you're seeking approval, you'll make decisions that shoot you in the foot later when you're seeking, um, you need to get used to being alone and then you have the choice who you hang out with. A lot of people don't get to choose. They actually, they hang around people as, as, not a first choice as like, yeah, it's, it's just where they've ended up. Yeah. 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 So I would say get used to being alone is so powerful. That's 
I love that. You, you were saying before when you were in the car and you like, you kind of, it's so funny because it's like, this is my mind as well. When I'm by myself, I'm asking questions and it's just, it's like you, you're your own best friend, right? When you do realize new fears or new limiting beliefs when come up, what's your process of kind of getting rid of them? Yeah. I love sharing this because everyone should learn to do it. Yes. Um, a lot of people go to programs or coaches because they want the coach to change them. I still have people in my programs now that want me to do it to them. And I'm like, no, because when you leave my program, you're fucked again. Yeah. I was like, this needs to be a way of life for you. So I always, I always ask, where does that come from? And this is the process. It will be a feeling. I will feel doubt or I will feel shame. I will feel guilt. I will feel anger. Frustration is my big one. I feel frustrated when technology doesn't work. I'm the same. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, first question, I'm like, okay, there's the feeling. I was like, why am I feeling this way? Where does that, what's driving me to feel frustrated? Okay, the laptop won't work. And then this is an NLP question, neuro, neuro-linguistic programming. How is that a problem? It is a question how we get to the root of a problem. It's like, well, how is that a problem? Well, if the, you know, if the technology doesn't work, then I can't um, complete this task. Well, how is that a problem? Well, if I can't complete this task, then, you know, I'm going to let someone down. Well, how is that a problem? And you can ask, how is that a problem? And, you know, what does that mean about you? That's another good one. Mm. So it's like, well, if you let this person down, what does that mean about you? Oh, well, it means you're, you know, you know, you're not good enough that stings pretty deep. And so I will always track it back and I'll be like, is that really true that I'm not good enough? And I'll be like, nah, that's fucking horseshit, right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, it's, <laughs> and then I ask, I'm like, well, what's the real truth? The real truth is this, I'm stressed. So like we said before, you get tunnel, tunnel vision, yeah. you focus. I'm like, what do I really need to do? It's like, does it really matter if I'm late? Not really. Or does it really matter if, you know, in, in 10 years, is this even going to matter? No. Okay. Well, what can you do now to be happy? All right. I'm going to go play with my dogs or something, you know? And what happens is when your vibration shifts from frustration to, you know, faith, I'll always talk about faith and trust. The, the computer will start working again. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, <laughs> Life yeah. just gets better. <laughs> Everything starts working. So going through that process is, I would say that's probably the most powerful thing anyone could learn to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting real and asking those questions. What was that last one you said? I, I forget. You said, you asked yourself, um, what does this, what does what this, this mean, mean about me? me? Yeah. That's, that would be a confronting question. Yeah. And that's, it's phenomenal. Cause it's so interesting. Like it's, it's everything like even this morning, like I, I was literally in the shower and you know, it's like it changes actually your, your brave brain waves in the shower. I think that's probably why you're always thinking friendship, but I was in the shower and, um, I was thinking about, like these family friends growing up. Like, I don't know how this came. Just thinking my family friends growing up, I remember them putting uh, a piece of paper on like Facebook one day saying like how they just paid off their mortgage. They're like, yeah, congrats, pay off a mortgage, blah, blah, blah. And for the average kind of person, that was pretty cool. And I remember um, my parents looking at it and kind of having like a, I, I can't remember exactly what they were saying, but it was, it was on the side of like, jealousy. Oh, yes, yeah, right. you know? And I was like, Cause, cause I know like I'm 27, I've created some cool shit in my life, but this, my money story the whole time has been this, you know, like this battle and this, like, it's like you're climbing through a blizzard, right? It's like one step at a time, just one step. And then I realized that again this morning, like here I am about to sit down with you guys and stuff. And it's like, even this morning I realized, ah, and what I, I I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, if I create massive success, my parents are going to be jealous of me or they're not going to like me or not going to approve of me. 
And I sat there and I was like, that's so bullshit though. Like yeah, as if yeah, they yeah. wouldn't like, you know, my parents are proud, but it's just, that's that deep rooted shit from when I was a teenager. Totally. And yeah. that's their trauma. If they were like, if they were like, Oh, you, you're focusing on money and you're not focusing on, you know, the good in the world or something like that. If that was me, I'd be like, well, that's your shit, mum. I'm pretty happy. Over here. <laughs> you know, like maybe you need to, maybe you need to look at where that's coming from. That's it. How, how do you, do you have many people, um, have you had many people like close to you kind of hit you with questions like that along the way? How do you deal with it? And, and how those conversations, my, both of my ex-girlfriends, yep. they used to say I was like cold and heartless and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> feminine, feminine energy is emotional. Um, yeah. I get that. Um, and you know, I'm not a female and I, you know, but I do understand emotion and I, I do hold space for females when they are emotional, but I would get to the point where like, if some of my, you know, if one of my parents die, it won't phase me. Like it will, it'll do, I'm like, well, that, that, that is life. life. Like why waste time on it? Will I, will I cry or mourn? Probably. Yeah, I probably will, but I will not dwell on it. And I will honestly see it as a fucking great thing. Um, all the great experiences, the great life. And I'm like that with everything. If I die, I say to my, I said, I've said to them, I've, I've done a lot of work with my parents around this. Like if I die, please do not be sad. Like my life is so fantastic. Mm. I want you to like fucking just be happy and party for all the good times I've had, you know? So I think by, by, by working on your own shit. Um, yeah. My ex-girlfriends were both like, you're cold hearted. You don't know if someone dies. And I, I look, that's probably why they're my exes now (laughs) because I don't, that's not the life I want to live. I want to live with someone who understands life in the world, uh, understands how it's not just positive thinking. It's, it's, it's positive living, embodying Mm -hmm. high vibration emotions. It's such a beautiful way to live. And it, it actually creates more of life. You know what I mean? It's so interesting because the more you do become aware, you know, you, you see people's like, they like what she was saying, you're cold and heartless. And it's just an instance, like it's a direct reflection of them. Like life's just a mirror, you know, everything you see. And, and so often people get so crippled by people's opinions or whatever, especially through an entrepreneurial journey. Right. And it becomes like part of them and say, like, it doesn't have to be. So it's their own shit they're dealing with. You know, it's their own money store. It's their own doubts. And mm-hmm. you just like thank them and be on your way. But the interesting thing with the death rat, I did a thing at the end of the last year and anyone listening, like if you're not brave enough, but kind of brave enough, if you want to do it, it was profound. Um, my mentor got me to record a video to be played at my funeral. And cause here I, I was 26 and he's talking about death and everything. And you know, do you have a will? I'm like, I don't have a fucking will. I'm 26. And he's like, well, what are you going to hit by a bus tomorrow? I'm like, I know that. And like, I live my life. Like he's like, and you, well, how about all your shit? What are you going to do with your money? What are you going to do with all this? Like, where's it going? You got to fuck someone else up after that. If you really care about them, what are you going to do? So I was like, Hmm. Um, so what we did was I had to record a video and it was just like, this would be played at my funeral. And that's powerful, man. I like, this. it was really cool. Like I, I was kind of, uh, like when I'm, when I've hit with something in a, in a van or it was a leadership retreat, right? So when I'm hit with, I love the new challenge. If something that scares me, I'm like, fuck yeah, bring it on. Cause this is growth. Like if I'm uncomfortable, like I get awkwardly really excited about doing things that are really uncomfortable. Like I just love it. Cause it's like, yeah. I hate this, but I know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, and he was telling us all about this. And this is the thing that not triggered me, but made me like my ears prick up. I'm like, I don't know about this. And we went down the thing and I'm like, I'm just going to do like a two minute video. It was 28 minutes long and some, cause we had to record it for other people. And it was after we did it, I went this whole new level of life of like weight off your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Cause you know how, like if you like to do lists, you know, get things done and that lingers that energy. That's what it felt like. It's like, I've taken care of the biggest thing ever. And I've got an awesome message to my, my individual family members, my close friends and just like community. And he's like, this is what I know I'm going to be left with now. And I can pass one last message on wipe my hands. This is what to do with my money. Take it guys. And I'm like, you know, leave money aside to have a big party for me and, you know, and just enjoy. And it was since that moment in my life, that's why I've, I think I'm at a point now where it's more internal stuff as well. And like, cause after that, I'm just like, I'm good. Like there's no worry there. And, yeah. and I didn't know it was even a worry, a worrying thing, but I think we all kind of carry it. It's like, what are we going to do? Um, so that was profound. So anyone who wants to do that, like go ahead and do it. Like that. It, it was, you obviously everyone gets something different from it every single time, but, um, yeah. That was really freaking interesting. I, I loved it. That's why near-death experienced people live, go on to live very full lives because that, 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 that is the deepest fear, the fear of dying. Yeah. And that, when that disintegrates, it's like, okay, now I'm free. Ball and chain is off. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Dude, um, just for a bit of a laugh, why did you get expelled? Oh, look. <laughs> um, I, you know how I said winning was my number one value? Uh-huh. What that behavior wise meant was I, I loved a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always, I would always seek out to win anything. And so when it came to smoking weed, I wanted to win who could smoke the most, you know, <laughs> when it came to drinking, who could drink the most, when it came to being naughty, who could be the most naughty. Yeah. Um, and so at school, I was the class clown. When someone said, you know, throw this at the teacher. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> All right. I guess this is why it's you know. good to have like, what are your values? Like, what do you, what do you want to win at? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, be more specific. <laughs> but, um, I just, I just did that. And I, was living that life. Um, I started smoking a lot of drugs near the end, not really going to school. I would go to my exams high. I failed. It's called school certificate back then, which was fifth form, which I don't even know how old I was. I would have been like 15. Um, failed that year, came back the next year. I had 22 detentions owing after school and I didn't, I just stopped going. I was like, screw this. And then they suspended me and said, you know, until you do your detentions, you can't come back. And I went back for one day and didn't do it. And they said, you're gone. So then I was gone. I spent, I spent 12 months then um, playing computer games, smoking weed every day. And, you know, I joined the army Um, a year later. I I was high. I talked to my dad on the phone. My dad's like a big role model for me. And I couldn't put words together that he was saying. I was like, two seconds after he'd said it, I would have lost it. I was just not there. And I remember hanging up the phone going, fuck, I'm letting my dad down. It wasn't even about me. I was like, I'm, my dad's this amazing man. He's done so much for me. And I was like letting him down. And then, um, I promised myself, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is fucking, this is not okay. Uh, and the very next day I joined, I rung up the military and I was like, fucking sign me up. A few of my friends had committed suicide. So it was just not, you know, smoking methamphetamines by this stage. It was pretty bad rung up yeah went went off to the military it's funny actually i was meant to join the military on i was one day away from getting on the bus and going and um 
got hammered with my friends drinking like bottles of Christoph vodka, like $10 <laughs> bottles. And I punched my friend and I broke my arm. Oh no. And so I couldn't go join the army. So I went to hospital, got that. I was like drunk as hell in the hospital. I'm like, I'm still getting on the bus. But um, nah, I had to wait till the next intake. But yeah. Mate, that's so freaking awesome because there's like, the people who listen to this podcast are all different ages. And you know, when you're super young, you think like, that's life. <laughs> yeah i do like you know, it's like this is everything and you know everything means so much you know but then you know you look at that to then what you've done now what you're doing we're sitting here i don't even know what would you call this thing like a like what guys we're seeing like this massive studio set up with cameras and screens and buttons that i don't even know you know it's just uh yeah it's so cool man i, I love it so <laughs> bro where can people find you on social media, your podcasts and everything? Yeah, yeah. So pretty much everywhere is John Templeton Official. Um, that's website, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. I would, yeah, reach out through Instagram. I'm always happy to connect. Um, and what I would say for anyone listening, obviously, you know, add me. But I would also say, like you, you know, like you get a fucking mentor. Mm. The power in having a mentor is, I mean, I've got a mentor now. It costs me, you know, 100, 100 grand a year. And that's expensive. It's a lot of money. But without that, I wouldn't be able to make more than that. So what he's learned over his, let's say, 20 years of him, himself being mentored, all the books he's read, all the seminars he's attended, all the books that the people running the seminars have read, like there is so much wisdom compacted into my mentor. And I get that now at a personal level. I'm like, give me the wisdom, baby. And I still obviously hit my own roadblocks and challenges. And like I said, that's the best way to learn is through trial and error. Um, but the amount of wisdom that is condensed in a human. So now I've also got that mentor's wisdom. Um, and I, you know, I can pass that on. So get a mentor. It yeah. will fucking speed up everything, especially if you want to make money. Um, find someone who's got great values, who's done it who really cares about you, not just someone who's got flashy shit happening. And wants to just sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Find so like someone that cares. Yeah. Um, and, and has the whole life you're on as well. I think when people are choosing mentors and coaches and stuff, it's like like their values and stuff. Or unless you want to be edgy, like have someone's going to kind of like really challenge you. Know, you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it touches every area of life. So making money as long as you're a good human, which if you've got a coach, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be, if you've got a good coach, you're going to be healthier. You're going to be fitter. And what you notice with high performers and high achievers, my podcast is all about high, high performers is they're not just good at one thing. They're good at everything. And that comes with an elevated level of consciousness. And that comes with removing limiting beliefs. Mate. I love it. I've got to tune to your podcast. That's, that's so freaking cool. And all of you guys do as well. Um, man, definitely drop me your social media. Um, yeah, I love it. Mate, to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you one last question. Go for it. Ready? Yeah. <clears throat> if you were to go back in time to yep. your 18-year-old self and give him 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Okay, where was I when I was 18? I was in the military. I would say just, I fucking love myself, bro. I'd be like, keep <laughs> doing what you're doing, buddy. Um, uh, I honestly, I wouldn't change anything in my life. So I would just say, you know what? I would just say everything everything is fucking going to be absolutely perfect. Just keep being yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, brother. Cheers, bro. That's so good. Thank you so much for listening 
Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.